Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Wow, wow, wow Yes, three wows for three dogs (laughs) Three dogs, yes and three wows for five songs. Exactly. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, you're not alone. Because I don't really know what it means either. But we're going to guide you because that's what we do. And this is American Brews and Tunes. <laughs> My name is Jesse Titus. <laughs> My name is Stephen Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, reverse that flip flop. Um, yeah, this is hun- episode 136. Uh, we are going to be reviewing, and I think I actually I think we said it at the end of last episode. But for those of you who uh, have a terrible memory, um, or if you're like the majority of people and you don't listen, um, yeah. we are reviewing the what I would say the one and only Blink 182 EP, uh, Dogs Eating Dogs. It is the only only EP they did, right? Uh, some people have debated other releases, um, but we can get into that in a minute, I suppose. Okay. Um, as we continue here on our little stretch of dry January, we have yeah. another dry January mystery brew, uh, yeah. as we would say. And unlike our previous dry Januaries, it is not a non-alcoholic beer. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so what crazy a- up in here. We're ha- having all beverages that are brewed that are non-alcoholic. Uh, the first week we had tea. Yes. Uh, second week was kombucha. Com- kombucha, kombucha, however kombucha, you call it. Kombucha, kombucha, whichever one. Whatever bucha will do you. Yep. Um, and this week we are having with what I would probably consider my favorite brewed beverage other than beer. And that is coffee. Yep. The good old uh, pick me up in the morning. The good old brewed <laughs> coffee bean. The brown juice, <laughs> brown juice, whatever you want to call it. The Java, the Joe. Yeah, a cup uh, of Joe. L caffeine. As you guys all know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Da 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 da. Who wrote that song? I feel like it was somebody really famous, but I'm trying. I can't remember who. Were they a fa- are they a famous jingle writer? Um, I, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily someone famous for writing jingles. I don't think it was Barry Manilow. Um, he, uh, you know Barry Manilow, right? I I know the name. Yeah, he's done like dozens of like super famous jingles from maybe the eighties. Really? Um, and if if you ever see him in concert, he I don't know if he still does it, but he used to do like medleys of his famous jingles amongst <laughs> amongst his like actual like pop songs. That's really funny. I'll uh, I might have to look up the jingles that he's done. Then I didn't yeah. know that he like did jingles as well. That's cool. Um. Okay. Never mind. I was gonna say who wrote the the Folgers song, and it's someone I don't recognize. Leslie oh, Pearl. Leslie Pearl. I don't know who that is. Leslie Pearl. Well, good job, Leslie Pearl. Leslie Pearl. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for a, a nice jingle to remind me of how terrible Folgers is. Yeah, I I mean it's cheap and it's consistent, but it's not my cup of tea. Uh, it's not my cup of coffee either. It's not my cup of coffee. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, what uh, is your cup of coffee today? And uh, for those of you who don't know, Jesse, in addition to not having um, alcohol Alky in January, alcohol. he's not having caffeine. Not having any caffeine. So my uh, my cup of coffee today is decaf. Is it and decaf Folgers? No, it's not decaf Folgers. It is uh, just the decaf uh, Starbucks house blend. Well, that sounds pretty decent. It's a medium roast. Uh, I think they... I didn't really read the box, but it probably says something like, with notes of hazelnut and uh, dark fruit or something like that. that sounds sounds about right, I would suppose. Um, what do you I have? Am, I'm not having uh, Starbucks decaf. I'm having a, a roast from Dunkin', oh. and it is called Turtle Love. And it, Turtle it is a, Love? Yep, it's a dark roast. Okay. Uh, I think it's interesting because normally when you have like flavored coffees at the store, they're usually like light, sometimes medium roasts. Yeah. Uh, But this is a dark roast. And here's what it says on the back. Is it like the turtle candies? Yes. Oh, wow. So it says here, swirling with the notes of creamy caramel, buttery pecan, and smooth dark chocolate flavors, Dunkin' Turtle Love Coffee is a dark roast that will have you head over heels at first sip. Brew yourself a cup and enjoy the great taste of Dunkin' at home. Mm. Now, so are you having that with cream and sugar in it, too? Uh, kind of. Uh, so I brewed kind it of. in my, my AeroPress uh, because I'm okay. snobby like that. Yep. Uh, and I added my coconut-flavored creamer. So there's oh, okay. there's sugar in the creamer, but I don't add any sugar afterwards. Okay. Um, just a little bit in there. Not too much to, like, make it... Uh, like super duper creamy, but enough that uh, I taste it. Now, as uh, as you know, Steve, but uh, since since we're on the subject of coffee, I I do not like the sweet coffees. Yeah, um, you like like, uh, like the one that you have. I always drink my coffee just black with nothing in it. I mean, I am I'm I'm pretty envious to be honest. I wish that I liked black coffee. I just I and, and I will drink hey, it from it's time not, to time. It's not for everybody. I'll, I'll drink it, and sometimes I enjoy it. I just, I prefer the taste of my coffee with cream. I don't need to have it sweet, but I just like the taste of coffee and cream together, you know? Yeah, and that's cool. Uh, there's a place in Nashville called Living Waters. It's a, a Ooh, yeah, that's a good brewery and coffee shop, so you can get yeah. like, fancy coffees and fancy beers. Um, and I've had their, like, if you go in, they don't have, like, plain drip coffee they do pour overs and like if you order it you have to pick out which kind of bean you want because they're like all single origin coffee beans and i know i've had it several times i never know which one to order i usually go with whatever's cheapest um uh, you you. you should go in there sometime and just get the most expensive bean Maybe I will. I think there's only like see a, if there's a one difference. or two dollar difference, but maybe I will. Um but that that one I drink black um and it's actually pretty good. Nice. Um, but uh, let's say we go ahead and give our, our coffees a try. Yeah, let's give them a try here. Let's uh, and as we always say in American Brews and Tunes. She down the roasted bean hatch. Ooh, it's hot. I'm gonna go in for a second sip. Mine uh mine has been sitting for a little bit, so it's only lukewarm. Well it's it's a little bit above lukewarm. Mine's it's in warm. one of those, um, like, dual, uh, what do you call it, like, two-layered insulated cups. Oh, nice. With a lid, so it's, like, piping hot still. Really mine, good. Mine is just in my uh, my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer mug. 
Oh, nice. Just bringing in the, the shiny new year. Yeah, bringing in the new year. Still, uh, I actually never watched this mo- the movie this year. I normally do every year for Christmas or during Christmas time. Oh, for shame. You should just watch it to make up for for missing it, I guess. Just put, just <laughs> yeah. put it on. You can find it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, so my coffee, it tastes like coffee. <laughs> it's not bad. Like it has like a nice, deep kind of like roasted flavor. Is it good for decaf? Um, I've, I've never had Starbucks decaf. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. Does does decaf change the overall profile of the, of the coffee a lot? I don't know. I really don't have decaf in general. So I, I mean, yeah, neither do I. So I actually don't know either. Um, huh. But I mean, this tastes good. Like it's it's bitter the way I like coffee. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it kind of does have like a little bit of a sweet, like an underlying sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's Mine good. is fantastic. Um, nice. It's dark and roasty like I prefer out of a coffee. Um, my cream also helps balance that out nicely. Um, True. But it's it, it does. It's not like. Like a, the only sweetness I'm getting is the coconut uh, sweetness for my creamer. Um, I definitely taste it is like that dark chocolate flavor and a little bit of like salting, like caramel flavor that you'd expect. Okay. But it's not like sweet, like if you were to get like a latte or something. Oh, nice. Okay, awesome. So it's it's actually really. You might like this. Maybe if you just if you're just to drink it black. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, the the problem is, I don't. I think I might just continue to not never have caffeine again. Hey, I mean, you do you, brother. Whatever floats your boat. I might. I might do that. We'll see. Yeah, more power um, to you. Um, I was about to say something about the coffee, but then I I completely <laughs> slipped my <Okay>. mind. <laughs> well, uh, other than coffee, shall we dive into dogs eating dogs by Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, let's do that. All right. What I would consider the one and only EP. Uh, by Blink-182. This came out in 2012. Um, there are a couple oh, wow. other EPs that people can say are EPs. Like, they had one that was I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which was a like a, a non-album track, and the three other songs that went with it were singles from, like, two or three different albums. So I don't think that's really a EP. Doesn't, isn't an EP normally at least, like, four like three, or five songs? Three to six or seven songs, somewhere in that window. yeah. Um, they had another one that was called They Came to Conquer Uranus. <laughs> um, and it had three songs, uh, two or three songs. I can't remember. Um, so debatably, I would just say that that was kind of like a shortened single. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah. this one truly is an EP. It's only five songs. Um, it was released yeah, it's de- only... December 18th, I should say also. So the tail end of 2012. Okay. And it's only it's only 20 minutes, just under 20 minutes long. Yeah, five songs. It's it's so short. Real, real short listen. Yeah, it's the, the, I guess the first release that they put out right after Neighborhoods, um, but that was released in 2011. So this was over a year after that album came out. Okay. Um, in my opinion, Neighborhoods was great. Um, I know we reviewed it on here uh, a while back, and we both um, enjoyed that yeah. album quite a bit. Yeah, I like that one. Um, but on that album in particular, you can definitely... F- like hear the the push and pull on the sounds and influences. Yeah, um, you mean you mean what what you mean by that is in terms of like where Tom Tom's writing style and Mark's writing style, right? Yeah, and even in production, like some of the songs sound completely different. Yeah, um, the writing styles are different. The the it's sonically different. Different timbres, different production I, styles. I would say that this this EP is as well. I'd say on the 
the styles. Production, the, production the production is all pretty pretty unified, but I think the yeah the styles, yeah. the uh, instrumentation specifically that's used on songs that Tom writes on this uh, EP, like mm-hmm. I think he uses more, uh, more like more delay, more oh, reverb, agreed. more agreed. Uh, like keyboard or synth or whatever. But and I then, think like the, the like if you listen to like clean guitar sounds or distorted guitar sounds, bass timbres, it's at least consistent across the EP. Yeah, I agree. and that I think well, no, I think I know is is due to when well, when they did neighborhoods, they wrote and recorded in different cities. Um, like oh, okay, Mark and Travis were in L.A. and Tom was in San Diego, and they would like send ideas over emails and back and forth, and then record their own parts and send it back. So it was. All over the place. Yeah. And there are certain songs that sound like certain members didn't even have any part of, which oh, maybe. Really? That's, that's just my opinion. It's possible, yeah. Uh, the Beatles did that for sure. I know that. Um, but mm. um, maybe Blink did. Um, however, on Dogs Eating Dogs, um, they all went into the same studio and wrote together and recorded together in a very short amount of time. That's cool. Um, that's what they're doing for their new album too, right? Yes, sir. Cool. Um, I think it's a, a, I think it's a better method because you get more like collaboration and just kind of more interesting ideas. Yeah. Even I though agree. I still think that neighborhoods was really cool. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm saying is that they can do whatever and it's all going to come out good. <laughs> <laughs> according Essentially. To according to you, Steve. <laughs> the world according to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, as pertaining to Blink-182 albums. Yes. Um, so... This album in particular, this EP, whatever you want to call it, uh, it was their first release where they were fresh out of their recording contract with um, Geffen, um, which was originally, I believe, Universal, and then um, David Geffen Corporation um, took over that record label. So it's all kind of under that umbrella of their their last uh, record contract. So this one, they're able to self-release, self-produce, self-finance, whatever you call it. So that gave them a little bit more freedom to kind of yeah do whatever yeah, the heck they want that's really nice and i mean i know that uh like bands like switchfoot also do that like they they have their own like studio space and they mm-hmm. produce everything themselves and have complete creative control um and then they just distribute it through a label yes and so like that's i think that's really cool when a band is at a point where they can do that yes and more bands are able to do that now more than Previously, but especially if you're a band like Switchfoot or Blink-182 that has the experience and the uh, the talent and the financial resources, it's much easier to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, this album, at least timbre-wise, I think does sound a little bit more raw and less like... Uh, not that the other albums were overproduced, but this that wasn't overproduced in the way that the other ones were. Okay. Um, it kind of sounds like they went in and recorded it, not like too quickly, but it, like they didn't go over things too many times, I think. I think they yeah. just went in there, figured out what they wanted to do and did it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. It's, it's definitely uh, like less produced than, uh, what's the album, California? Oh, for sure. Most of their stuff's less produced than that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, Nine. And Nine, yep, yeah. yep. Um, the album was well received by critics and fans alike, um, and it was the last recording that Blink did with Tom until 2022, which they just released that that single last year. So that's 10 years without Tom, wow, yeah. um, which is crazy. Um, 
this album came out like right before I came to Nashville for the CMC, and I remember I listened to this. Like I would go on runs, and this would be like my. Uh, I, I'd listen to it maybe like twice on one run, and it was yeah. just like a perfect time, like amount of time for 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 that. And it was just like I this and um, Orange by Diamond Youth both came out around around the same time. Oh so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kept going back and forth between those two, and it was just such cool. a great time period in my life. Very nice. Great, great music. Um, when they released this, they only did it digitally um, until. Blink One Eighty Two Day of January uh, of I'm sorry 2020, which is July 1st. I don't know if okay. you knew that, but that is Blink One Eighty Two Day, the 182nd uh, day of the year. Oh, okay, that's why. I was about to say, hmm, I wonder how they chose that day, but yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, but they put it out on vinyl then, and of course, I bought uh, two copies because I couple copies. Yeah, I have no life. <laughs> um, but it's it's a great EP. Shall we uh, dive into these songs? Yeah, let's do that. All right, track number one is called When I Was Young, and uh, this song is my favorite on the EP, for sure, hands down. Okay. Um, so it's, I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad that it's first. It doesn't go downhill by any means, but this is by far my favorite. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if, I can't decide if this, the first or the second track is my favorite song on the, on the EP. I mean, you really can't go wrong with, well, there's only really one one option that's the wrong answer, <laughs> but I'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Probably, um, but th- this song is this song's great. Um, it's got like forty yeah, seconds cool. of like a synthy intro until the verse yeah. finally kicks in, and you got those fast drums, um, a little bit of space with the overdriven guitars, um, and Tom has these like not sporadic vocal delivery, but it's kind of like this fast delivery in the verses. Um, and then it's like immediately juxtaposed in the chorus when they in get the that chorus, like yep. that that driving beat on the the drums do 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 ka, do 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 that where the kick drums is driving on that eighth note. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an epic chorus and it's just massive and they, like a massive yeah. massive song. And yeah, they also um, go halftime like with the melody with the rhythm of the melody. And Mark has like a little call well, it's like a little call and response type thing. Where I think what's the what's the lyric? It's the worst damn day. It doesn't hurt that much of my life. It doesn't yeah. hurt that much. Yeah, I think that might is that at quarter time actually compared uh, to the maybe. verses. Uh, yeah, because the verses going, like da 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 and then yeah, and later on in the song, the like the last half of the chorus ends up turning in into halftime. So it like starts out quarter time and then goes halftime. Um, so they just do a lot of cool rhythmic stuff in this song. Yeah. Super catchy. Best best song on the album. Um, it, it is very catchy. Like most Blink-182 songs, it's got an instrumental bridge, but it's still it's, interesting nonetheless. It's the curse that Blink-182 just can't seem to get over. I don't even know if they try on this album to write. <laughs> in fact, I know they don't try to write bridges because there's only one what? bridge in the song, and it's not something that they even do themselves. One yeah, the, album. <laughs> the last song, right? Yeah, uh, um, the song is about growing up and realizing that like the big things and problems you had as a kid might not be as bad as you thought. Yep. Yeah, and just like growing up and realizing, like I think there's one line that uh, he says, like I realized that my parents weren't that strong or something like that yeah they seemed stronger so when like, i was a kid yeah yeah they seem they seem stronger yeah 
Yeah, so just, like, growing up and realizing that, oh, yeah, like, all the things you thought, like, specifically with your parents, like, oh, yeah, they're just people, too, just like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, like, realizing that, that they don't have all the answers and that they don't, you know, they don't yeah. know everything. They're just regular people, too, with regular people yep. problems. Yep. Um, moving on to track number two, which is the title track, Dogs Eating Dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's much more, like, of an aggressive, fast song, I'd say. Yeah. Um, at least definitely starting out. Uh, the drums, I, this might be my one of, mm, there are several drum parts that I love on this album, but I really love the intro drumming part on this because you've got the um, the snare um, on the upbeat and the, the kick on the downbeat on yeah. every eighth note, but the cymbal like accents like doing some kind of triplet hit. Um, oh, okay, so yeah. If you listen to it, it's almost like a polyrhythm. You gotta like go in and, and just like the the kick and, and the, dr- the snare do katu 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 while the 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 symbol's like doof 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 um, and it's like offset really nicely that if you're not paying attention to it it doesn't sound difficult but then when you like try to to kind of go along with it you're like oh it's a little more complicated than a traditional beat yeah and I mean that's that's just what Travis Parker does. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he does it to where it sounds like overplaying, but not here. It's just like a really calm, yeah. like like a, a difficult beat that doesn't sound too difficult or flashy. Yeah, but it's then really cool. once you yeah once you actually dig into it, you're like, oh, that's actually pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool, the so you, the first song was a Tom song. And yeah, then Tom Tom sang verse song, and chorus. The next song, "Dogs Eating Dogs," is a Mark song, and this is like. So stylistically, the first and the second song are definitely different. Yep. And I, I think I think this is very indicative of of where Tom was going, uh, like with Angels and Airwaves, and uh, like in that direction. And then, like this seems mm-hmm. more. This Dogs Eating Dogs seems more like a Blink song to me. Yeah, than more like a punk rock type sounding song for sure. Yeah. Than than when I was young, like when I when I was young, seems more like an Angels and Airwaves song to me. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, like, Dogs Eating Dogs is, it's not like a classic punk song, not even like a classic pop punk song, um, but it's way more of a punk song, like pop punk song than uh, When I Was Young. And it, yeah. unlike um, the album California, which is kind of more like that nostalgic pop punk song, this sounds like more of a progression in their, their sound. Yeah, yeah. More, more akin to neighborhoods. Agreed. Agreed. Like, darker instrumentally. Like more, uh, more chuggy, less yeah. bright. I guess. Uh, I don't really know what they're trying to say in this song, um, but like it's, the phrase "dog," like "dog," it's a dog eat dog world. Usually means like yeah. comp- competition or like that it's cutthroat out there. Um, so, and there's definitely a lot of imagery about that in the song. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that's really what it what it probably is about is just like about life and how it's it's mm-hmm. kind of tough. I guess it is. It is. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. This song is, or that that's what I think this song is about. Yeah. Um, Tom does sing the chorus. Mark sings the verse, which is interesting. But uh, as per the last song and many Blink songs, instrumental bridge. Instrumental bridge. How many? Uh, what, do you what? Do you, what do you think the percentage is uh, of, of Blink songs that have words on the bridge? Um, well, they're. California has like the majority of them has ver- but um, vocals in there. Uh, was but that, before was that, that because of Matt Skiba though? Um, I, I don't know if it was. It might have been John Feldman trying to get them to write 
words. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not entirely okay. sure. Um, before California, I'd say 85% were instrumental bridges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought so. And oh, on man. here, it's four out of five, which is 80%. Yeah. Um, oh, track man. number three. Track number three. Yeah. Disaster. Disaster. I'd say that this song is like on the scale of Blink-182 versus Angels and Airwaves, like uh, or the first two tracks on here, it's right in the middle. Yeah, I agree. It kind of floats in that zone where it's it's a little bit more spacey than Dogs Eating Dogs, and it's a little bit more punky and aggressive than When I Was Young. Um, really, really cool. Um, another instrumental intro, just like When I Was Young, um, just short of a minute. Um, yeah. But also, just like the first song, the vocals are mainly Tom, except for, um, like, Mark does... It's not necessarily a call and response, but he has the that, that uh, I think, twice in the song when he, like, just, like, repeats, disaster, disaster. Disaster, yeah. Um, or later in the song, he says, fall in my arms again. Yeah. Um, other than that, mainly just Tom singing. And yeah. I, and then... I also, I don't know what, he, what the song's about. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Um, but I do like the use of delay on this, though. Yes. A little, um... Yeah. A little bit of I like U2 that influence. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks, The Edge. Yes. Thanks, The Edge. Um, and I also do like, uh, the melody that Tom has in this. Um, is it a, a, a suspension or an anticipation that he does with the melody? Um... I can't remember the exact line. Da, 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 da. That one. Again. I'm trying to remember right now. But um, anyway, so the know. idea behind a suspension is like you hold the melody note, go into the next chord, and then the melody, like a note, a beat later, comes into that chord. Or an anticipation is where the opposite of that. It's and, it's one of those two. I, I'm not entirely sure, but I know yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, and so I like I like that little that slight little use of like uh, mm-hmm. of a uh, I don't know music theory. I guess like I like I like that. I like suspensions and anticipations. I think they sound good and they make the song sound more interesting too. Oh, I I agree. Um, for me though, the highlight on the song is the drums. Again, okay. <laughs> um, on the yeah. verses, it's it's more of like a punky drum because he, he's doing that driving um, tom beat with the little rolls like do do cut do do cut do do cut um, that kind of keeps it moving forward. But in the chorus, um, I think is like the money part on the song because he's got this, this syncopation where the this again um, the snare is like almost hitting on a triplet and the the cymbals are the one that's actually driving on the the quarter notes and it's just this yeah. Doo, doo, cut, doo, it's just a really cool drum beat um, that you don't hear in typical like punk rock stuff, um, and it just yeah. sets sets it apart nicely. Um, but what doesn't set it apart nicely is that there's another instrumental bridge, classic blink, <laughs> still interesting. I still love it. Yeah, I mean, classic. Like, I'm, I'm not totally against the instrumental bridge. It would just be it would just be nice to have some words sprung in there or put in there every now and again. Agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Moving on to track number four. Yep. This song is called Boxing Day, and I think it's the first big departure sound-wise on the EP. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Uh, I, mean, like, it, I think it's, it sounds good, but 
it's just like meh for me. Well, before we get into opinions on the song, let me drop some knowledge on you. Okay, sounds good. All right. So Boxing Day in particular, not the song. Canadian uh, holiday. Not just Canadian. Oh. Um, But it is a holiday that falls on December the 26th in Great Britain and some of their conquered lands, as I would call them, such as Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, just because they have those those connections. You could celebrate in the U.S. if you truly want to, um, but it's not necessarily like widespread like it is in some of the other countries. Um, Apparently, it was originally a holiday related to giving gifts to the poor or the working class. Okay. Um, And according to Wikipedia, uh, the British higher class would give their servants or employees a box to take home um, that included like gifts, monies, and sometimes like some of their fancy leftover foods that were served to them on Christmas Day. Uh, So it's like, here you go. Wow. Working people. (laughs) Not really a great holiday. (laughs) It was like the the serving people because they would serve the rich people on Christmas and then they'd have their holiday the day after. Thank you for your scraps, rich people. I know, Appreciate right? Appreciate it. Uh, it does, however, coincide with St. Stephen's Day, a.k.a. The, face, the Feast of St. Stephen, who was, as all we right. all know, the first Christian martyr. What a great name, St. Stephen. <laughs> Did he spell it with a P-H? Oh, yes. P-H is the biblical spelling. Okay, okay. Um, but to be honest, like if if we're to look at at like the actual names, I'm sure it was some Arabic name that's probably a little different. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> I should I look mean, it up someday because I'm curious. Most most people did, or all people came from the Mesopotamia area. Yeah, so. <laughs> Stephen is the Anglo <laughs> translation. Yeah, <laughs> and the better translation, to be honest. <laughs> um, do you do you have other little tidbits about this song, specifically uh, about the melody? Yes, uh, there is one tidbit okay. that can either make or break the song for you. <laughs> okay. um, I didn't necessarily notice it the first time that I listened to it, but it came no up way. very quickly afterwards that a lot of people pointed out that this has a very similar vocal melody to the Smash Mouth mega hit, All Star. Yes, that's the first thing I heard of, thought of whenever I heard this song. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like, put two and two together because I'm like, ooh, a new Blink song. Let's hear this. Oh, it's acoustic. What? <laughs> um, I did not pick up the first time, but once you hear it, you will never unhear it. I was like, hey, now, this is an all-star. <laughs> but it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely makes on, me chuckle how similar it is. It is. Like, the melody, the, the melody is the same. Rhythmically, it's not exactly the same, and the, the it's not the same speed. Not the same chords um, that it's sung over top of. And there is a departure, like, so the melody is, like, broken up into four parts. The first, like, three parts sound like all-star, and the last part does not. Agreed. But it's it's enough in there that you can make that connection and oh, yeah. get stuck in there. Um, but it's, it's just a funny little weird connection. I, I can't get over it. Like, when I, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, man, this sounds a lot. For, at first, I was like, this melody sounds really familiar. And then I thought, this sounds like Smash Mouth. There's a reason <laughs> why that melody like, is so oh, good. It is a good melody. I still, I have um, All Star by Smash Mouth downloaded on, onto my phone and my music app, and I still listen to it regularly. Uh, it is just as good as the first time I heard it. I love yeah, that it's song. A, it's a good song, yeah. Um, but uh, do, uh, Boxing Day, um, even though Jesse hates it for some unbeknownst reason that we now know, <laughs> uh, it is acoustically driven with like, yeah. drums kind of programmed underneath. 
Um, Tom sings the verse, Mark sings the chorus, um, and they use Boxing Day because they like reference somebody like leaving you on the day after Christmas. Yeah. It left me on the day after Christmas. So catchy. And as we all know, instrumental bridge. Instrumental bridge, yes. Um, but I would say this is the first big departure sound-wise on the album, but definitely not the last. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last would be the next song, which is the last song, track number five. Pretty little girl. Pretty little girl. Um, different vibe, like like I said, than the rest of the EP. And I'd say this is the most Angels and Airwavesy song mm, on okay, the yeah. album. I would um, agree I'm, with you on that. I'm okay with it. Um, it's got those delayed guitars. Uh, it's very spacey, uh, especially in the verses more than the chorus. Um, yeah. It's a, a song written about his then wife, now ex, RIP to the to long marriage, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice little love song about falling for a girl at like 19 and they're imagining their whole life together. And then they grow up yeah. and they face like some actual problems. Um, but in the chorus, um, when they like it gets a little bit faster and the guitars get heavier, they talk about like whenever problems arise, you know, we'll try again, we'll do it again. So it's it's kind of a nice little like let's yeah. fight for this relationship song. Yeah. And I like I like during the the verses the uh, how the bass is like not constantly playing but just accenting on like the I guess like I don't know what beat it is but it like is more of an accent thing and it, it, it helps yeah it helps whenever it gets into the chorus then it like starts driving and agreed agreed I think I think it's a well well done song yeah the verses and chorus is great on this song <laughs> and, and then, then the the bridge there is a bridge with vocals. Um, yeah, but I I don't know who it is. Who is it's, it? It's Yellow Wolf, who is a Yellow rapper. Like I think I, I can't remember the name that that he goes by, like Dirty South Hip Hop or something. Like because he's he's from like Alabama or somewhere, um, and he's a, a a white rapper. Um, and he's on this EP because Travis recorded a separate EP with him called Psycho White, um, which was actually was kind of decent. I didn't mind it. Um, okay. But I, this is not the kind of song that I think needs a rap feature. Yeah, I really don't think it does either. I would it's, have been more happy with a an instrumental bridge. Yeah, and you can find people have done instrumental cuts, like remixes of this song, where they like kind of redid it so that the rap isn't in there, and it's so much better. And I wish that oh, it was really? like that. <laughs> I mean, they should have just That's stayed funny. consistent and had instrumental bridges. But, um, but yeah, I like the song enough that I can just like kind of zone out during the rap. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's it's still a, a good song in my opinion. It just it's a yeah, weird like it. bridge, weird weird. It bridge. is it is a strange bridge, um, but overall though I think it's a good EP. Yeah, agreed. Um, front to back, it's like twenty minutes. It's an easy listen. Uh, it's catchy stuff, and it yeah. showed like the direction that the band was going to like go in because they this like I said this was twenty twelve. Um, at the end of like twenty fourteen, they were talking about heading into the studio like early twenty fifteen. I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna like have like branch off from this sound, and I'm so excited to see where they'll go. And then in early twenty fifteen, Tom left the band, so I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, But as we yeah. all know, Skiba joined, and then they released like essentially three more albums. Yeah, um, but Tom's back. We, we yeah, got he's n- back now. New music to look forward to. Um, I think they're in a good place. I'm excited to see them live. Yeah, um, it's just I love this band. I love this EP. 
Yeah. Did you see that Travis Barker said that there was going to be cowbell? I did see that, that. On the album. <laughs> Have you been seeing his little um, posts where he, re- like, little, like, tidbits of his drums that they're recording? Um, I think I saw one. There's a couple in the, like, some of them, like, sound pretty cool. Some of them are a little slower. There's a lot of punk beats that I've seen so far. Nice. That's so I'm, good. I'm excited good to, to see hear. what they do. Good to hear. Absolutely. How's your coffee um, treating you? Uh, it's fine. It's, I don't know. It's good. Mine's it's not bad. Mine's fantastic. It it's, getting, it's getting uh, a little warm now. Mine <laughs> makes you want to do a heel click. Mine's still piping hot. It's not because of the caffeine. It's because it tastes so good. Yes. Um, I've been drinking coffee since I've been in like the fourth grade. Oh my gosh, um, really? Yeah, it was more creamer than coffee at that at that point in time, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think caffeine necessarily affects me in the way that it does for some people. I could probably yeah. drink a, a cup of coffee and go straight to bed. In fact, I know I could because I've done that with energy drinks. Oh man, um, I just I love coffee. I just I really like the taste, and I like mm-hmm. warm beverages. Yeah, and and I do too. And so I'm hoping that. Uh, Hoping that maybe I can find some good decaf coffee out there. Either that or you can start getting into herbal teas, I guess. That's very true. I could. Which are also good. I love a good herbal tea. Yeah, I've got some good sleepy time tea that I have sometimes at night. I was going to say, you don't want sleepy time in the morning, though. No, you do not. It will not get you going. (laughs) No, it won't. (laughs) Um, Looking forward to next episode. I don't know what it's going to be about. We'll have to find... Either yeah, a topic well, or an album that we're both familiar with. Um, but yeah. I can guarantee you it will be another dry January mystery brew. Ooh. Mm, you'll have to be? you'll have to join us because I will say that it's gonna be our last dry January episode and it's gonna be a wild card. It is gonna be a wild card. Yeah. It's gonna be good. I'm actually pretty excited for it. I'm interested. I'm I, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be fun and different. <laughs> it will definitely be different. That is true. Yeah. Um, But yeah, join us next week. Um, Otherwise, let's say we uh, finish our coffee and sign off. Sounds good. As we always say, on American Brews and Tunes. Down the dogs eating dogs hatch, I guess. Yes. The dogs eating dogs hatch. I was going to say the pretty little girl hatch, but that sounds bad. Dogs eating dogs hatch. (laughs) That does sound really bad. Oh, man. Mm, Delicious. Good coffee. uh, Good music. Good band, good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us, listener. Yes. Hope On the Minnesota Vikings. Ah. Uh, that was a, just a song reference, Lizzo. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently I, forgot, she, I forgot she's from Minnesota. Apparently she did date a Minnesota Viking. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't just wow. the, for the sake of putting it into a song. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, guys. We'll uh, see you later, I guess. Yep. (laughs) Have a great day. Poop. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity.